0: Human Trafficking Terminology Know the Language of Human Trafficking A Glossary of Sex Trafficking Terms Leishan Stelter, Editor of In Public Safety Correctional officers in our nation's prisons and jails may be among the best positioned of all law enforcement officers to throw roadblocks in the way of human trafficking crimes. John Meekins has been a correctional officer in a women's prison for more than nine years and has witnessed inmates being solicited and coerced while behind bars. Sometimes these women are recruited by other female inmates who are paid by outside pimps. These recruiters coerce female inmates into working for the traffickers, said Meekins. When they walk out to what they think is freedom, the traffickers are right there to pick them up and lead them into the worst kind of slavery. But how can correctional officers identify the signs of human trafficking within facilities? The most common way, says Meekins, is to pay attention to what's being said and written. Many traffickers send letters and money to prisoners in an effort to build a relationship with them. In these letters, traffickers try to convince inmates to live with them when they leave prison. Correctional officers, especially those who screen phone calls and mail, need to be educated and well-versed in the language of human trafficking. Here is a glossary of sex trafficking terms and slang phrases commonly used by traffickers. Automatic A term denoting the victim's automatic routine when her pimp is out of town, in jail, or otherwise not in direct contact with those he is prostituting. Victims are expected to comply with the rules and often do so out of fear of punishment or because they have been psychologically manipulated into a sense of loyalty or love. All money generated on automatic is turned over to the pimp. This money may be used in support of his phone account or to pay his bond if he's in jail. Branding A tattoo or carving on a victim that indicates ownership by a trafficker, pimp, or gang. Caught a case, a term that refers to when a pimp or victim has been arrested or charged with a crime. Choosing up, the process by which a different pimp takes ownership of a victim. Victims are instructed to keep their eyes to the ground at all times. According to traditional pimping rules, when a victim makes eye contact with another pimp, either accidentally or on purpose, she is choosing him to be her pimp. If the original pimp wants the victim back, he must pay a fee to the new pimp. When this occurs, he will force the victim to work harder to replace the money lost in the transaction. Also known as reckless eyeballing. Circuit, a series of cities among which prostituted people are moved. The term can also refer to a chain of states, such as the Minnesota Pipeline, by which victims are moved through a series of locations from Minnesota to markets in New York. Coercion. Threats or perceived threats of serious harm to or physical constraints against any person. A scheme intended to cause a person to believe that failure to perform will result in serious harm to or physical restraint of any person. Cousin-in-laws. Victims of pimp partners who work together. Daddy. Daddy. The term a pimp will often require his victim to call him. Listen for that. Date. The exchange when prostitution takes place, or the activity of prostitution. A victim is said to be with a date, or dating. Exit free. The money a pimp will demand from a victim who is thinking about trying to leave. It will be an exorbitant sum to discourage her from leaving. Most pimps never let their victims leave freely. Facilitators It is important to realize that human trafficking operations often intersect or exist alongside legitimate businesses. As a result, certain industries may help to enable, support, or facilitate human trafficking. This support structure may include a wide range of individuals, organizations, businesses and corporations, and internet sites and practices. Common facilitators on which traffickers frequently rely include hotels and motels, landlords, labor brokers, taxi and other driving services, airlines, bus, and rail companies, advertisers, websites like Craigslist.com and Backpage, phone books, alternative newspapers, banks, and other financial service companies and inmate pen pal services. Family, or folks. The term used to describe the other individuals under the control of the same pimp. He plays the role of the daddy, or father, while the group fulfills the need of the family. Finesse pimp, or Romeo pimp. One who prides himself on controlling others primarily through psychological manipulation. Although he may shower his victims with affection and gifts, especially during the recruitment phase, the threat of violence is always present. A gorilla pimp. A pimp who controls his victims almost entirely through physical violence and force. Head cut. A victim getting beaten down by their pimp. In pocket. Not paying any other pimp than the one controlled by the victim not speaking to any other pimp. Out-of-pocket, the phrase describing when a victim is not under control of a pimp, but working on a pimp-controlled track, leaving her vulnerable to threats, harassment, and violence in order to make her choose a pimp. This may also refer to a victim who is disobeying the pimp's rules. Pimp, a person who controls and financially benefits from the commercial sexual exploitation of another person. The relationship can be abusive and possessive with the pimp using techniques such as psychological intimidation, manipulation, starvation, rape and or gang rape, beating, confinement, threats of violence toward the victim's family, forced drug use, and the shame from these acts to keep the sexually exploited person under their control. Pimp Circle. When several pimps encircle a victim to intimidate through verbal and physical threats in order to discipline the victim or force her to choose up. Pimp Partner. Two pimps who are friends and allow their victims to work together. Quota. A set amount of money that a trafficking victim must make each night before she can come home. Quotas are often set between $300 and $2,000. If the victim returns without meeting the quota, she is typically beaten and sent back out onto the street to earn the rest. Quotas vary according to geographic region, local events, etc. Reckless eyeballing, mentioned before, a term which refers to the act of looking around instead of keeping your eyes on the ground. Eyeballing is against the rules, and could lead an untrained victim to choose up by mistake. Renegade A person involved in prostitution without a pimp. Seasoning A combination of psychological manipulation, intimidation, gang rape, sodomy, beatings, deprivation of food or sleep, isolation from friends or family, and other sources of support and threatening or holding hostage of a victim's children. Seasoning is designed to break down a victim's resistance and ensure compliance. Squaring up. Attempting to escape or exit prostitution. Stable. A group of victims who are under the control of a single pimp. The game or the life. The subculture of prostitution, complete with rules, a hierarchy of authority, and language, referring to the act of pimping as the game, gives the illusion that it can be fun and easy to make money when the reality is much harsher. Women and girls will say they've been in the life if they've been involved in prostitution for a while. Track, Stroll, or Blade An area of town known for prostitution activity. This can be the area around a group of strip clubs and pornography stores or a particular stretch of street. Trade up, trade down. To move a victim like merchandise between pimps. A pimp may trade one girl for another or trade with some exchange of money. Traffickers. Traffickers are people who exploit others for profit. They can be any demographic, individuals and groups, street gangs and organized crime, businesses, contractors, or everyday people. Trick. Committing an act of prostitution or the person buying it. A victim is said to have been turning a trick or with a trick. Turnout. To be forced into prostitution or a person newly involved in prostitution. The Wire 1. A pimp hotline, like a phone tree pimps use to get the word around to find out which city is on or off. Number 2. Wiring money from victim to pimp in a different city or state. Put it on the wire. Wifeies, wife-in-law, sister-wife What women and girls under the control of the same pimp call each other? This is a pretty extensive list, but it's not everything that's used in their vocabulary. But this was a really good article found on American Military University, EDGE. Relevant Insights by the Experts. A-M-U-E-D-G-E dot com. Welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. So let's talk about that other case, the Allison Mack thing. We're going to talk about Allison Mack uh, and something called the Nexium sex cult. Have you ever heard of Nexium? It's actually written in all capital letters. All capital letters here. NXIVM. Looks like some Roman numerals to me. NXIVM. Uh, it's written out there as being spoken as Nexium. So, Nexium is. Foundation, a personal development company. In 1998, Keith Rainier and Nancy Salzman founded Nexium, a personal development company, offering executive success programs and a range of techniques for self improvement. Rainier claimed that its main emphasis is to have people experience more joy in their lives. During Nexium seminars, students would call Rainier and Salzman Vanguard and Prefect, respectively. The Hollywood Reporter wrote that Rainier adopted the title from the 1981 video game Vanguard, in which the destruction of one's enemies increased one's own power. Within the organization, the reasoning for the titles was that Rainier was the leader of the philosophical movement, and Salzman was his first student. By 2003, 3,700 people had taken part in these executive success programs. Reported participants included businesswomen Sheila Johnson, former Surgeon General Antonia Novello, Enron Executive Stephen Cooper, Anna Christina Fox, daughter of former Mexican President Vincent Fox, entrepreneur Richard Branson, businessman Edgar Bronfen, Sr., and actresses Linda Evans, Grace Park, and Nikki Klein. In the early 2000s, Seagrams Harris, Claire, and Sarah Bronfen, Daughters of Edgar Bronfman Sr. became attached to the organization, Nexium. So, what is Nexium? Well, so far it doesn't sound so bad. I wasn't really telling you what it's about, but it's actually an American cult that engaged in sex trafficking, forced labor, and racketeering. Based in Clifton Park, New York, a suburb of Albany nexium purported to be a multi-level marketing company that offered personnel and professional development seminars through its executive success programs however the company was a recruiting platform for a secret society called dos D O S, in which women were branded and forced into sexual slavery yes branded and Let me see if I have that video for you of Allison Mack discussing plans. I think I have that. Allison Mack discussing plans with Keith Rainier. Allison Mack recently, by the way, was just sentenced to prison uh, at the end of last month. So she was second in charge now to Keith Rainier's organization, Nexium. So, let me just open this up here. I'm going to go ahead and take just a couple of seconds to do something on the Allison Mac thing for you. it was an exchange between her and Rainier about some disgusting things that they wanted to do.
1: January 9th,
2: 6.59 a.m., talking about branding on the wall.
3: So, uh, I think doing the actual brand in an orderly fashion, mm-hmm. each of the seven strokes <coughs> having a certain ritualization. Mm-hmm. <coughs> maybe each of the strokes um, has uh, something that's said mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and maybe repeated after the stroke is done.
2: So, like, <clears throat> when somebody says the thing while the stroke mm-hmm. is being done, and then the person that's getting it done
3: repeats it afterwards? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you you guys come up with something and propose it to me. Okay. Because well, you've done it, so what would have been most meaningful, deep... Surrendering, focusing for you?
2: I think it, probably having it whispered in my ear and then me repeating it out loud. Uh Uh-huh. And then having it whispered in my ear and then me
3: repeating it out loud. Well, ask the others. It's not all you. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you were asking me.
3: No, I said all of you guys who've gone through it.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) As if branding the women wasn't enough, Rainier is now going to suggest they do it all nude.
3: The other thing is, you guys did it and you weren't completely nude because you had a an outsider and a guy doing it, whatever. do you think the person who's being branded should be completely nude and sort of held to the table like a, sort of almost like a sacrifice? I don't know if that that's a feeling of submission, you know? Mm-hmm, so. Uh, it also, of course, videoing it and videoing it uh, from different angles or whatever gives collateral. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so, probably it should be a more vulnerable position type of a thing. Back. Legs slightly for legs spread straight, like being, feet being held to the side of the table, hands probably above the head being held, almost like tied down, like a sacrificial whatever. Okay. And the person should ask to be branded. Okay. Should say, please brand me, it would be an honor, or something like that, an honor I want to wear for the rest of my life, I don't know. Okay. And they should probably say that before they're held down. So it doesn't seem like they're being coerced. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know, those are just thoughts. Okay.
0: I can't imagine I just can't imagine evil being that real, but that was a discussion between Keith Rainier and Allison Mack. Yeah. So Allison Mack got three years in prison for her role in this sex cult and sex labor trafficking scheme. But she only got three years, okay? But Mr. Rainier, 120 years. So if you think that these people aren't getting arrested, they are. And we told you that last week and we're going to keep presenting these to you week after week. These disgusting pigs. Like the fact. Like the fact. That a judge this past week recently ordered Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's number two. The judge ordered Ghislaine Maxwell to turn over all evidence that she had on the Clintons. Now, why would you turn over evidence on someone unless you had evidence on someone? Oh, why would she have evidence on the Clintons? Well, you know, it starts at the top and the Clintons are even more disgusting than the rest. So... Let us leave this segment where it is tonight. This was the ugly truth, and we're sorry that we had to present it to you. It's the ugly truth. It's hard to listen to, but you've got to do it if you want to make a difference. At Digging Deeper, we want to do everything we possibly can to protect these babies from sickening creatures. We refuse to sit and watch from the bleachers. The ugly truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Here struggled Jennings and his daughter Brianna with a cry for help. And then we'll get started on the ugly truth. <laughs>
4: Gonna be a horror story where the scary dies. Angels fly with they guns out, causing hella fire when Mother Mary cries. I heard the lies, but I seen the truth. They gonna silence you if you bring the proofs. They gonna call you crazy when you call them out. They try to box us in, but we can box them out. Don't dare ask me what I'm talking about. If you ain't listen yet, then you'll never hear it. We gonna pray to God and we gonna stand up. Got an army here, I know the devil fear. Yeah, the future's clear when you know the past. And that train is coming and it's rolling fast. Gotta fix the path, it's on a broken track. There's no time for us to be holding back now we need some leaders to wake up the sleepers make believers out of non-believers let freedom of speech ring through the speakers take the filthy rich to the cleaners shine our light baby high beamers don't let sex crimes be a misdemeanor protect these babies from these sickening creatures i refuse to sit and watch from the bleachers
0: Tonight on The Ugly Truth, we are going to take a look at a whistleblower who is well known and very successful. This is an announcement from Rose McGowan. Maybe you haven't heard of Rose McGowan, but after this report, you'll find out exactly who she was and what she has been able to accomplish to increase the awareness of the filth going on in Hollywood. I'll read through an article, and then we'll listen in on Tucker's report. But first,
5: we'll listen in to a three-minute report from People magazine. Hey, it was stunning. It's truly the first time the public got to hear Britney Spears speak in over a decade. I'm joined now by People's digital music writer, Tomas Mier. Tomas, good to see you. Outside, of, of course, the court, we saw Britney supporters rallying around her. What was the mood inside the court where you were? It was full with uh, journalists just taking notes with
6: everything Britney was saying. But there was actually a few fans that were able to trickle in. So they were crying. They were in tears inside of the courtroom listening to Britney finally speak up for the first time about what she's been going through over the last 13 years.
5: Brittany actually called into that court hearing. She addressed the court for 23 minutes by phone. Tell me about the emotion in her voice. How did she sound to you?
6: I would say passionate. The judge had to ask her to slow down a few times because she was just speaking so fast. But she was very emotional and I think composed as well. What surprised you the most about Brittany's testimony? What was most surprising was hearing from Brittany. We hadn't heard from Brittany directly in so long, and this is the first time we got a taste of who she actually is, what she's going through, and the emotions that she's really feeling.
5: Brittany's regularly been sharing these sort of bubbly videos on social media, her dancing. She's been telling the world that she's happy and that she's okay. I'm totally fine. I'm extremely happy. But what did she reveal in court this time?
6: She literally says, I've lied and told the world that I'm okay and I'm happy. It's all a lie. I've been in denial. I'm traumatized. Um, She explained that she can't do things without asking for permission. She's not able to uh, paint or do cosmetic changes to her kitchen or go on a date with her boyfriend um, if he's driving. Turns out she was even taking more medication than we ever knew. She mentioned that she was put on lithium after she was out of rehab. She didn't go into the details on what exactly she's taking.
7: I'm going to be in Vegas for two more years!
5: Brittany compared her work schedule to sex trafficking. What exactly did she say and mean by that?
6: Well, yeah, it's undeniable that Brittany is one of the top performers. And she explained that she's working seven days a week hours on end and that she doesn't get a break.
5: And to that point, you know, a lot of singers, you hear about them canceling concerts when they get sick or something. Britney says she's actually forced to perform even specifically while she was sick.
6: There's this video circulating where she says on stage have a 102 degree fever. I'm
8: about to pass out. I'm sick. So I have actually 102 fever right
6: now. She addressed that in court saying she had no choice but to like do the concert uh, because that's what the conservators were telling her to do.
5: Britney has two sons with her ex, Kevin Betterline. I was shocked to learn that the conservatorship has prevented her from getting married and having more children. She
6: said, I have an IUD and I would like to get it removed, but I can't uh, due to the conservatorship. And it's not exactly I'm not exactly sure how those details play out um, with the conservatorship. But she was explaining that that's something that she's really wanted to have more kids with her boyfriend, Sam. Britney's parents appeared in court virtually,
5: and a statement was read on her father's
6: behalf. Jamie is sorry to see his daughter in so much pain. He loves his daughter and misses her very much.
0: All right, we are going to go ahead and look at that article now. And this is something that Andy put together. Again, thank you, Andy, for all the research and putting together the articles. The article I uh, started, and then she completed it. And it's The Ugly Truth of Hollywood. You can find this in our articles section under Digging Deeper. So, Digging Deeper, go over to articles, and then you'll see the ugly truth of Hollywood. You had it posted live, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you remember that podcast back on March 13th? I do. Yeah, that it was the one on Hollywood from John Paul Rice, right? Yes,
9: John Paul Rice.
0: He's the producer of Hunger Games as Mm -hmm. well as other things. Right. And we can never forget that ugly truth about child slavery, forced labor, and trafficking, or whatever you want to call it. It's evil, and it's got to stop now. That was episode number 43, and we learned back then of this frightening situation in Hollywood on the forced labor. Coincidentally, John Paul Rice mentioned Britney Spears as a prime example mm-hmm. of forced labor. And this was episode 043. We're now on episode 143 or something like that. Yeah, yes, This was a long time ago. Already, so now we're going to read a little bit into exactly what's going on here. You heard the people report just moments ago. Right. Andy, you put this together. Can you go ahead and read that?
9: Britney Spears poked out against the conservatorship that ruled her life for more than a decade. But, overnight, a judge denied her request to stop her father's involvement. This was just recently. This oh, was a couple days ago. This is mm-hmm. oh, your di- Oh, NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer reported for today. Um, but during her testimony, she said, I just want my life back. It's been 13 years and I think it's enough. In her closing remarks, she said, I feel ganged up on, bullied, left out and alone. I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does. But by having a child, a family, any of those things, and more so.
0: Oh, wow. So they've even ruled her life to the point where she She cannot have have children. They put an IUD in her?
9: Yeah. Yeah. And she's not allowed to remove it.
0: So the ugly, nasty Harvey... You've heard me talk about W before. Harvey Weinstein was once at the top of Hollywood. He's helped helped so many people with their career, right? Well, as accusations of his sexual predation come to light, it didn't just trigger his downfall. It ushered in a tidal wave of exposure of sexual impropriety in the film industry like we just told you with John Paul Rice coming forward Mm -hmm. and Rose McGowan coming forward, Ashley Judd coming forward. It was the two of them, Ashley and Rose, that started it. Exactly. They broke that Harvey Weinstein story. Yep. And thank God for them and for their bravery for standing up for what is right. Yes. You're not going to believe how many accusers there were I mean, if you followed this story, maybe you already know this. But you might think, okay, Harvey went to prison because of two people, right? I just said Rose and Ashley. Right. 85 women.
9: Yeah, those are just the ones who have spoken up.
0: Right. And they're named. We're talking about Angelina Jolie. We're talking about Daryl Hannah. Yeah. Ashley Judd
8: mm-hmm
0: Selma Hayek so many others I it would take me too long for this podcast to name every single one of them uh-huh. many of them foreigners, some of them old, some of them are young, but the most damning part for Harvey was that all the stories were completely similar as to his mo Yeah, it left no doubt in anyone's mind that anyone could have conspired eighty seven there were actually as many as 80, 85 named, but there were others that just a handful more that didn't leave their name but had no, other very, mm-hmm. very harsh stories. When you can get almost 100 women from all ages, countries, and walks of life who aspired to or became actors, actresses, to all say so strikingly similar things but only the goriest details that they would know.
9: Yeah. Sickening! No, And. It's it's horrible that even Hollywood jokes about the fact that, well, you don't have to worry about sleeping with Harvey Einstein anymore, you know, and they they joke about it. They make oh. jokes about it in shows. I and mean, oh. it's just
0: ridiculous. Oh, that is sad. Yeah. Well, you can, I mean
9: the whole industry knew about it.
0: That's what John Paul Rice said. Yep. That's what everybody's saying now is that it's just known. It was known. That was just one of those things. The sad story of Corey Feldman and yeah. other Corey Haim. And, oh my gosh. And they thought it was conspiracy when they brought it up years ago. And now these people are serving behind bars. Mm-hmm. And that should give us hope. Yes. That should give us there hope. There are people who are being arrested. There are. We
9: just... Don't see it come to light all the time.
5: Yeah.
0: So we're going to go ahead and listen now to the Tucker report there. The big announcement from Hollywood. We've been bouncing back and forth between things here, but it's all related to this ugliness in Hollywood. Now, finally, that report from Tucker.
10: As we told you at the top, right before we came on the air tonight, we heard that the actress Rose McGowan wanted to come on and talk about something. We've never met Rose McGowan uh, before, but we're completely open-minded. We just learned it has something to do with Britney Spears, who we've not interviewed since she was literally a teenager. But apparently we have just read she's been under a conservatorship for the last 13 years. And this has been in the news, flew under our radar, but it has been. And Rose McGowan has been watching it, too, and has thoughts about it. She joins us now. Rose McGowan, thanks so much for coming on tonight.
1: Hi, Tucker. Nice to meet you, too. I also have an open mind.
10: Well, <laughs> this is my favorite quality in a person. Thank you. Um, so I'm coming at this cold. I, again, haven't seen Britney Spears since 2003. I just read she's been under conservatorship. I, m- make the case, if you would. What is it, and why is that bad or good?
1: Well, in my opinion, and in many others, it's bad. Imagine you're a 25-year-old young woman or young human who has been forced to perform since as long as she could walk to support her family. Her father put her under conservatorship at age 25. Many in the media laughed and scorned her when she shaved her head. I lived in Hollywood during that time, and I've made it my life's mission to tell all of you out there what so many of you really know deep down, that fame and Hollywood and the media machine are rotten to the core, and they do hurt and they do damage. At age 25, her father and a judge ruled, uh, with many paid off doctors' help, that Britney Spears had dementia. So... Since then, she's gone on to do a five-year residency in Vegas, two shows a day. She's gone on a tour in 2018. And what happened today is literally a cultural landmark moment. It is a cultural reset. She got to speak for the first time, I believe, in her life, honestly and openly. And what has been done to her is horrific. And I know it seems like, why should we care about a, a rich pop princess, right? But I think it's deeper than that. And I think it goes to what you talk a lot about, which is the rot in the machine and how society also plays a part in a weird form of oppression.
10: Man, I mean, you've you've pushed all my buttons, I have to say. I mean, the idea that the individual is crushed by forces larger than her and that deep down it really is rotten... And that people are treated as disposable objects rather than as human beings with souls. I mean, that's all that's all on display every single day. So uh, pardon my ignorance, but quickly, conservatorship means she can't make basic life decisions for herself.
1: Absolutely none. She can make no decisions when she sees her kids. uh, What medicine she takes, she said today, Britney Spears said they put her on lithium. That is an incredibly helpful drug for some, but a hardcore drug. She said she was doped out. I'm summarizing, and she, I think, is ready to blow the lid. She said today she's so angry it's insane, and I understand that, that kind of rage after being the. Sorry, go ahead.
10: No, 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 know I didn't. I didn't say anything. I'm. I'm listening intently.
1: Oh, sorry, I heard something. So you know the thing is. I was the first one to go on the record about Harvey Weinstein and that kind of sickness. And the people that are truly putting your entertainment in your head. And while we've all been entertained by Britney Spears, she's been being tortured. And I know it it, it seems like one person, but they've done this to women and humans and whistleblowers and people they don't like. And, And really, like you said, Tucker, the people, the monsters in power, that control the puppet not just her but like the message it sends to every girl or every boy out there that you are disposable and the elite can own you
10: so i so i think it matters i do i think the individual matters above all and if they can destroy one person they can destroy everyone I, i know nothing but what you just told me but i think you make a really compelling case i love that you care and i'm really glad that you came on tonight rose mcgowan thank you very much
1: I'm honored. Thank you, Tucker.
0: Yeah, that was Tucker with Rose McGowan, and it was unbelievable. She was the first one to come forward with Harvey Weinstein, and she mm-hmm. lived in Hollywood, so she must be know, know how to say it right. So yeah. Harvey Weinstein, even though it's fine. But anyway, Harvey Weinstein and his sickness, she called it. So bless her heart, and please protect her, Lord. Right. Rose McGowan, please protect her. Yes. And, uh... You found out some more things about Brittany.
9: Well, I was just trying to find out where this whole fiasco started, because he didn't have conservatorship when she was a kid. He she was he was her legal guardian, obviously. But, you know, once once you're 21, you're an adult. And so she was an adult for four or five years. Right. Without him under her without her being under
0: his thumb. Okay. Hollywood. Hollywood had her.
9: Yeah, they still had
0: her. Hollywood true. had her, but he wasn't in total control of her life. Right. So Hollywood completely abused her and used her, and then she started, became an adult and started mm-hmm. making decisions on her own, and she actually got married and had two beautiful boys with, uh, who was it? Kevin Federline? Right.
9: Yeah. So um, she began behaving erratically after her 2007 divorce. She yeah, well, lost custody of her two children. I think I would go a little crazy myself if that happened. Well, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there were some public incidents that people started questioning her mental welfare, and uh, she shaved her head.
8: Oh,
0: that was in defiance.
9: That's a defiant thing, right? They didn't. She was like, "I'm done being the pretty girl," right? Right. And but she hit a photographer's car with an umbrella.
0: Oh, <gasps> hark! Oh, prison term for life for that. Oh, my gosh.
9: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if it actually caused damage.
0: Well, reminds me of a golf club to a window.
9: She was admitted to the hospital twice under temporary psychiatric assessment Mm -hmm. after an incident in which she allegedly refused to surrender her sons in a standoff involving police.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. It was all about her boys. No, who, who who gets upset when they take your kids away? Nobody does that. Okay. Yeah, so you yeah. try to take my kids away. Uh, if a policeman comes up and tries to take my kids away, you darn right I'm going to have a standoff with them. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell them they're not going to take my kids away. That's what she did. And right. a psychiatrist wrote a note and said she's crazy. Sound mm-hmm. familiar?
9: Yes, it does. It's crazy. No,
0: I know so many people like this. And, and, oh, and you know who I'm talking about. People in Scotts glove.
9: Yeah. And then and then she checked herself in in 2019 because of emotional emotional distress from her father.
0: Yeah, no duh. So You mean her master?
9: Her master. Yeah. So she went ahead, she canceled her Las Vegas tour in 2019 and said I need to check myself into a mental hospital because I can't do this anymore. It was
0: her only way out.
9: It was her only way out.
0: Yeah. You see how the media turns things? Yeah. Now we learn the truth 20 years later. Whatever it was, almost, yeah. darn near 13 years later.
9: Yeah, so her father uh, keeps, makes her um, keep the IUD in because he doesn't want her getting pregnant. He doesn't want her to get married again because, you know, then his cash cow is no longer able to perform because, you know, she's pregnant.
0: We saw her on stage in practically a bikini mm-hmm. during the People magazine report, even though you didn't see it on the air here. But uh, you can watch that video, the People Report on Britney, mm-hmm. and you will see she was telling the crowd, and I've got a 102 degree fever, and they're making me do this out here. There's a grown woman in an 18 year old kid's suit. I'm talking to those of a bikini. It's sick. It's yeah. sick, okay? It's sick. She's standing up there, not belonging, bless your heart, Britney, but not belonging in a suit like that, and being forced to do that. That is
9: sick. Yeah. She didn't want to do that. She's a mother of two. What mother
0: of two wants to get up there and... Well, there are some. No, I know there are no, know. some. But, but not, I mean... not her. And, and nobody should be forced to. Nobody should want to be made to is what you mean. You right. cannot be forced to do something against your will in this country. And this conservator stuff is baloney crap in my mind. Okay? You know, I know our listeners out there. <laughs> we've got a wide variety of you. A wide variety we have a lot of churchgoers, God believers, and we're with you, of course, because our next segment is our faith, and our light will shine through. And it's yeah. ugly for a reason,
9: oh, yeah. And you know, after her major testimony before the judge said no, right? right right the her her father's lawyer said, he's sorry to see his daughter suffering and in so much pain.
0: bunch a fake woke. I
9: know I'm sorry, Brittany
0: yes maybe. yeah
9: there's a reason I never wanted to be major famous <laughs> right oh yeah yeah and you can sing
0: like one and yeah. you can I, uh... and I'm so thankful you aren't <laughs> famous yeah. no mm-hmm. and I could have been I could have been somebody Johnny I could have I could have done something yeah remember that yeah, show Johnny Dangers. Johnny yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like
4: I could have been somebody I
9: could have been somebody oh. I am somebody.
0: Yes, I am. Who you I am. say I am? Oh, I am Princess
9: of the King. Okay,
0: you you're singing religious songs. I'm over here singing Tom McDonald. <laughs> I am who you say I am. Because I am who you say I am. Okay, all right, we get radical here. <laughs> we're having a little fun on the ugly truth because we're going to have fun in a different way on our next segment. Which right. let's check our time. All right, we're at ten twenty nine Central Time. A lot of rhyme. Mm.
9: I think you're learning. (laughs) I think
0: it's time to end this segment pretty soon. What do you think? Do you have anything else to close out, sweetie?
9: No.
0: Nope. That was it on the Brittany news. That's
8: all in the Brittany
0: news. Good job on those articles. You can find out more at diggingdeeper.us or diggingdeeper.net directly for the articles. But we have the articles listed right on the homepage there at diggingdeeper.us. It all starts there. You can listen, contribute, become a paid researcher advertise, become a sponsor, be a Patreon, all those kind of things. You can do all that on diggingdeeper.us, and we love you all, and we're sorry for the ugly truth, but we have to bring some light to the darkness. The scourge of human trafficking. First, let's define it. We found a website that gave us a good definition. What was that, Andy?
9: So this website, Safe Horizon, defines human trafficking as the practice of exploiting adults and children for use as commodities or objects in conditions of sexual and labor servitude. Also known as modern slavery, human trafficking is the illegal trade in human beings through recruitment or abduction, by means of force, fraud, or coercion, for the purposes of forced labor, debt bondage, or sexual exploitation. The description states that human trafficking victims are often forced, through sexual, physical, or psychological violence, to perform work under slavery-like conditions. That's why they call it modern slavery. Um, They also use a variety of coercive measures to control their victims. They can lure them with false promises. Um, They withhold identification or work authorization, especially um, illegal immigrants. Um, Demand repayment for alleged debt. They also can um, monitor or surveil their activities and then blackmail them into servitude. So there are several ways they, they get a hold of their victims. Uh, victims may be forced to live in subpar conditions like living in the same place they work or living in a space that doesn't have heat or running water, uh, sharing the same small space with a lot of people. They're not allowed to talk to anyone or without supervision. They may be coached on how to respond to questions from others. So there are several ways people can be trafficked.
0: But it looks like there are some, regardless of immigration status, All people that work in the United States, according to this website, it says, All humans have the right to be paid at least minimum wage, Mm -hmm. have a safe and healthy workplace, not be held in a job against their will, keep their passport and other identification documents in their possession. They should be able to report abuse without retaliation. They should be able to leave an abusive employment situation. And get help from unions, immigrant and labor rights groups, and other organizations. If these things are happening, this is a sign of human trafficking. Right. Exactly. We have some statistics here from 2017 that you were saying, Andy, that another source says you could add. Tell me a little more about that.
9: Another source was also stating that human traffic reporting, you know, nobody's ever ever thought about human trafficking as much as we do right now because the reporting keeps increasing and they said that the reporting has increased about 20 percent every year for the last three years Mm. so these numbers are huge but they're not near what they are now
0: so i had 20 percent for every year Mm -hmm. so that's in five years that's doubling you're right So, 2017 statistics say that 25 million people are the victims of forced labor, 16 million people are trafficked for forced labor in private companies, 4.8 million people are trafficked for forced sexual exploitation, and another 4.1 million people are trafficked for forced labor in state-imposed labor facilities. It is estimated that 20.9 million people are trafficked worldwide. Again, these are 2017 statistics anywhere ranging, as you can see, from a few million up to 25 million people at any given time. Women and girls are disproportionately affected by human trafficking, accounting for 71% of all victims.
9: And again, I think that's because in 2017, people weren't looking at guys. Correct. We now know that men are just as vulnerable to being trafficked as women are.
0: They're disappearing everywhere. In fact, mm-hmm. a friend of ours has really focused her attention, and Valerie has done a fantastic job of trying to bring awareness to the missing men that are just mysteriously vanishing all over the United States and the world healthy, strong, young men who have no intention of leaving their situations just vanishing.
9: Yeah. So, obviously, the 71% of all victims are women and girls has decreased because of the awareness that anybody can be trafficked.
0: Right. Because these are 2017 statistics, which technically takes us back four years. Mm Mm-hmm. But what we're going to focus on in this special report is the backyard phenomenon You may have heard of NIMBY, N-I-M-B-Y. People say, oh sure, that happens, but not in my backyard. Got it. Well, it is in your backyard, and human trafficking exists in your hometown. And I know that's gonna be hard for many of you to believe, and I challenge you to go look for it, and I, I challenge you to go do something about it once you find out it's happening. But we met a young lady that is a victim of child sex trafficking right here in our hometown, right in our backyard, right here in our town. And we had a chance to talk with her at length, face-to-face, and this young lady is willing to speak out and tell her story, and we're going to help her. So in the future, you will hear from our human trafficking victim. Meanwhile, we want to bring you a special report from The Megan Kelly Show. Let's listen in.
11: We begin with the story of a mother's promise to seek justice for her daughter. That promise led them on an eight-year journey that ended this month at the White House. When Nicole's daughter, who we are calling J.S., ran away, upset over a bad grade, the teenager was lured into a nightmare situation. At just 15 years old, she says she was sold, sold. It's happening in America to hundreds of men for sex. Mostly on the website Backpage.com. At the family's request, we are not giving their full names in order to try to protect their identities. But watch. Watch this.
1: Some of my favorite hobbies are collecting
12: porcelain dolls and um, playing soccer, of course.
11: J.S. grew up in a typical middle-class home with a great family.
13: I was a a happy kid. I did sports, played musical instruments, violin, piano. I was really kind of like the jack of all trades, wanted to do everything. I was really happy.
11: at 15 years old she started to fall behind in one of her classes scared to show her parents her report card she made a plan
13: i ran away got on a city bus never done that didn't even know how city buses worked
11: i was like everything's fine she made her way to a homeless shelter where she met a young woman who promised to help take care of her the two went to a party where she was raped before that party she was a virgin. I wanted to keep my innocence for, like, a, a special person, and, like, I, I wasn't able to. She then met Barudi Hobson, who invited her to stay with him. Within days, the 15-year-old was having sex with Hobson and started working for him as a prostitute. Hobson took provocative photos and posted them to sites like Backpage.com. He really capitalized on the fact that my parents
13: would be highly disappointed and not love me anymore. I'm dirty. He was very convincing in all of that.
11: While working for Hobson, she was arrested in a sting operation, where J.S. told the police officer that she was 18 years old, and they let her go. But before she left, an officer took a photo of her. Later, as her parents kept pushing, investigators were able to use that photo to track her down to a posting on Backpage.com and planned a rescue operation to save the 15-year-old J.S.
14: To see her come home and have that light gone out of her eyes was... um was painful. I didn't think it would ever return. She told investigators that she was sold up to 15 times a day. She had long, beautiful brown hair. She had that sparkle in her eye. And I picked her up and her hair was very short and choppy and her nails were done. And she, she did not even look like herself. I didn't even, I'm looking around this parking lot for my child and um, didn't re- realize that the child in the back of the police car was, was my child.
11: Joining me now, we referred to her as JS in the tape, but now she says she's comfortable using her name. Jessica, welcome You're here with your mom, Nicole. Thank yeah. you both so much for being here. Um, I, I just, I have to say, Nicole, what you did to save your daughter is nothing short of heroic. We're going to walk the audience through it, because there are other parents out there right now who don't know what to do with their missing child or their child who's chosen to leave. Um, but let's go back to the beginning you're You're a successful kid, right on a roll, yeah uh, varsity soccer
13: and uh wrestling went to state in wrestling so violinist
11: you were happy, yeah, I mean it wasn't like a broken family it wasn't it was it wasn't an abusive situation
13: no it was I had great parents, great siblings, good in school,
11: so how is it because we send the tape piece you got a bad grade, your one sibling went to college or left left home. What was it? what was the trigger that made you run away um Bullies in
13: school. Uh, Girls didn't understand why a girl would want to wrestle. And I I, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And so I figured just leaving would totally, you know, they can't be disappointed if I'm not there. So that was.
11: You got on a bus? Yep. And wound up in downtown? Seattle. Seattle. Nowhere, not knowing anything? Nothing. I
13: didn't even know north. Like, I didn't know any directions, anything.
11: We talk in the piece about the fact that you were, you were raped and that changed everything for you. You, you weren't, you didn't see yourself the same no. again after that. No. Because after that, you came back, you were returned home for about
13: uh, 10 days, for
11: 10 days Yeah. and you left again.
13: No, oh, I, I, I was gone for 10 days the first time I left and I was home for about two months okay. and then I left again. You left again. Why did you leave that second time? Um, I just didn't. I don't know. I, I really was dealing with a lot of shame. And um, I don't think any parent knows how to, you know, take that on. And it was, uh, I just didn't feel like I belonged there.
11: And that's, it, it, that's when, the second time when yes. the sex trafficking started happening. Yes. How do, you, how do you, how does it happen, you know, in your head? How do you go from a girl who has been raped, and not long ago was the, quote, normal American girl, to sitting in a hotel room with you know your trafficker m- making you subject yourself to fifteen men a day
13: it happens faster than you can imagine it's just so much manipulation and at one point you start believing that this is you know what you're meant to do and that it's it's not necessarily a bad thing and then you just shut down mentally and emotionally and you just kind of go through the motions and you don't you don't really think about anything else, just trying to survive. And
11: how long was the period that you were doing that? One hundred and eight days. One hundred and eight days, and the entire time, mom was fighting in every way she knew how to find her daughter, um, which was harder than than it should be. <laughs> when was the first time you heard of backpage.com? Not until the trial um, of Baruti Hobson. Okay, so you didn't know about that when you were searching for her because I didn't. Now this has been outed. We talked about it on our show when we did a show on sex trafficking as it's basically a clearinghouse for for young girls who are for sale. And it's been operating in America for a long time uh, with impunity for far too long because they say, hey, it's not us. We don't place the ads. You know, we don't have responsibility over all the ads that come in here. And so just before that, though, how was it you connected with the detective who said, I'm going to find her?
14: So we were actually searching a different website for our daughter. We were searching um, Craigslist, who came before Backpage. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were looking for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, we, we connected with the detective um, just through missing picture one uh, ads. Uh, we had were distributing um, flyers of our child everywhere and anywhere we could Um and um, he, she had been arrested while she was missing, but they returned her to the pimp because they couldn't prove who she was. And um, when, we, when he saw her missing persons ad, he's like, oh, I've seen this child before. And that's when he started trying to, to, to find her again. So how did he find you?
13: Um, they did a sting and acted as if they were somebody soliciting sex and uh, ended up arresting me. In the hotel room
11: and and did you know that he was there on a mission from your parents like no, this is not at all can i just jump back one step when the the men because we talked about this with the the other women who spoke out about this the men who would pay for for you pay what was there a typical profile like who were these guys um
13: i really i don't think there's a profile for them it's everybody fathers businessmen lawyers um black white asian i mean it's every it's everybody
11: so it's not i mean you saw guys in suits with wedding rings come in yep did they pay you or did they pay your trafficker they would
13: they would give it to me and then if i didn't immediately afterwards give it to my trafficker then i'd be beat and so it was it was never nothing went to me
11: mm-hmm. were you low during that time i mean were you having any feelings of you know depression or was it something like I'm free and I've broken out of this existence how how was that for you
13: um I was definitely a low point in my life I I was ashamed of myself and I didn't think that my parents would ever want me back and I just had accepted this lifestyle and um
11: figured I would die doing it And we're back now with Jessica and her mom, Nicole. We have been hearing about how Nicole launched an eight-year legal and legislative battle to get justice for her daughter after Jessica was sold for sex on Backpage.com. Also with us now, Mary Mazio, director of the documentary I Am Jane Doe, which chronicled the legal battles against Backpage.com, including Jessica's story. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. Um, So the detective saves you. Do you still talk to him? Uh, yes, actually, yeah. Is it true you keep in touch every year?
13: Yeah, he calls me on my birthday, and he's actually the godfather of my oldest child.
3: I love that.
11: <laughs> I love that, because he, could, he easily could have returned you back home and never spoken to you again.
13: Yeah, um, it's, it's things like that that really make everything so much better
11: restore your faith in humanity not all men are meeting up in hotel rooms and taking advantage of 15 year old girls some men rescue them yes and and stay in their lives forevermore. nicole um you (laughs) one after the other went after everyone right so we started with the sex trafficker um Hopkins. okay and what happened to baroody
14: um he was sentenced to 26 and a half years okay that's number one then you
11: decided to go after one of one of the Johns.
14: so we had completed that um battle with broody Hobson, and um detective Geyer came to us and needed to re-interview jessica um he had found her picture on a computer of a purchaser or a john and um this guy was posing as a police officer and um handcuffing and and doing just extraordinary things to his victims, Um, he got 14 years. He got 14. She wasn't done yet. So now she decides she's going to go after
11: Backpage.com, which no one has been able to bring down, notwithstanding the fact that it's been out there doing this for a long time. And they rely on the First Amendment, saying, it's the First Amendment. We don't, you know, like, whatever. You can't shut us down because of the First Amendment. And this is, Nicole winds up not only suing Backpage in a civil action, um, but Pushing to get the law changed in several states and pushing for national legislation that would shut down Backpage and protect women everywhere. In her testimony before Congress, Nicole testified, this is a middle-class woman just fighting, fighting the good fight. She, She testifies as follows. That claim to be protecting First Amendment rights while at the same time allowing my little girl to be sold on a website as a weekend special is wrong. And... She won that fight too. <laughs> so Mary,
15: can you explain how? So the, the, what tell tell the audience what has just happened to Backpage? So we created a film, we had a congressional briefing, and members of Congress said we need to respond to what these plaintiffs Um, There's been egregious wrong here. We really need to step forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. And last year, there was legislation that was filed both in the House and the Senate. And um, Google-funded groups were the primary opponent. Google-funded groups had rushed to the aid of Backpage in uh, Jess's case and other cases around the country that other children were filing. In Boston, there were children that filed suit. And the court dismissed that case saying... Even if Backpage had engaged, if you will, as a co-conspirator in the crime, because of an outdated Internet law, we have to dismiss the case. Go to Congress. That's exactly what they've done. And in spite of all odds, um, that legislation was signed by the president just two weeks ago. And Nicole and Jessica
11: next to president trump as he signed that bill into law and you remember this because president trump gets credit for doing nothing
8: <laughs>
11: this was a good thing a to do
15: it was <laughs> and i have to say um uh i'm a i'm a lefty and so i don't really agree with many of the president's policies i will say when he when we were in there in the oval office he was compassionate he was kind to Nicole and Jessica and all of the other survivors there. He kept rubbing the back of one of the mothers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is... Ex- <laughs>
11: <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> <Okay>. stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that.
14: <laughs> I'll say that he was very sympathetic because her child will never come home. Yes. yes, he was. It was a rub of sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. For it was a
15: kind gesture. <laughs> yep.
11: um, but the kindest I, gesture of all was his signature on that. Absolutely. Yes. It, it should done. have been done long ago. So it's not over. It's not over because the next step, they believe, is is foreign agents are going to try to open up their own back pages here in our country to try to avoid our laws. This fight is ongoing and we have to stay on top of it. We I hope you're I hope you're not giving up now that like I hope you're not done.
14: We are. In the midst of the criminal investigation against um, the owners of Backpage, right? The owners of Backpage uh, have been have been charged. Yes, yeah. there yes. was. Um, there's
4: seven
11: page. Backpage uh, creators exactly. and and uh, employees who have been nine now. No, been charged. The
14: 90, they're held on 93 counts. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And seven, and seven yeah.
11: who have been charged uh, with facilitating prostitution and other related crimes. They they have yet to have their
15: day in court. Um, but the founder, is it the founder or the yeah, CEO? Carl, Carl, Carl Ferrer, Ferrer, the CEO, just pled guilty. Um, and so that is going to give the government a lot more information and evidence He's about turned. what was happening behind the scenes. He's turned, because he yes. knew, he knew. All
11: right, I have to get to this, because Google has given us a statement saying, we have long contributed to many independent organizations because of their advocacy on a wide range of Internet issues, including privacy, surveillance reform, and the open Internet. We don't agree with every group 100 percent of the time, but they are independent and autonomous organizations. I am... Really?
15: <laughs> really? I'm going okay, to have Sorry, I don't want to go off on a rant, but one of the primary opponents to this legislation has been... Google and Google funded groups, and we were bumping into them up and down the hill. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was extraordinary for a company whose motto is don't be evil to be actively funding groups that were supporting Backpage and filing huge briefs in the cases against the children and against the uh, the plaintiffs. For
11: them, it's a First Amendment issue, but there's a real question about whether the First Amendment how far does it go in protecting, in the technology and in the Internet age, a group like this that is facilitating repeated crimes right. against our youngest and most innocent? We did reach out to those back page defendants. We only heard from one Andrew Padilla, Padilla, who maintains his innocence and says there are First Amendment free speech issues here that he'll argue in court. We want to tell you that if you or someone you know may be the victim of sex trafficking, call, call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888.
0: And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening, and remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light. And welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale, brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's hailmultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at diggingdeeper.us. We've had at least six podcasts on human trafficking over the past three months, but it never seems to be enough. We are trying to increase awareness, and here is another report. This one from Megan Kelly.
11: We begin with the story of a mother's promise to seek justice for her daughter. That promise led them on an eight-year journey that ended this month at the White House. When Nicole's daughter, who we are calling J.S., ran away, upset over a bad grade, the teenager was lured into a nightmare situation. At just 15 years old, she says she was sold, sold, it's happening in America, to hundreds of men for sex. Mostly on the website Backpage.com. At the family's request, we are not giving their full names in order to try to protect their identities. But watch. Watch this.
7: Some of my favorite hobbies are collecting porcelain dolls and
12: uh,
13: playing soccer, of course.
11: J.S. grew up in a typical middle-class home with a great family.
13: I was a a happy kid. I did sports, played musical instruments, violin, piano. I was really kind of like the jack of all trades, wanted to do everything. I was really happy.
11: (laughs) At 15 years old, she started to fall behind in one of her classes, Scared to show her parents her report card, she made a plan.
13: I ran away, got on a city bus, never done that.
11: Didn't even know how city buses worked. I was like, everything's fine. She made her way to a homeless shelter, where she met a young woman who promised to help take care of her. The two went to a party where she was raped. Before that party, she was a virgin. I
13: wanted to keep my innocence for like a, a special person, and like I, I wasn't able to.
11: She then met Barudi Hobson, who invited her to stay with him. Within days, the 15-year-old was having sex with Hobson and started working for him as a prostitute. Hobson took provocative photos and posted them to sites like Backpage.com. He really capitalized
13: on the fact that my parents
11: would be highly disappointed and not
13: love me anymore. I'm dirty. He was very convincing in all of that.
11: While working for Hobson, she was arrested in a sting operation where JS told the police officer that she was 18 years old and they let her go. But before she left, an officer took a photo of her. Later, as her parents kept pushing, investigators were able to use that photo to track her down to a posting on Backpage.com and planned a rescue operation to save the 15-year-old J.S.
14: To see her come home and have that light gone out of her eyes was, um, was painful. I didn't think it would ever return. She told investigators that she was sold up to 15 times a day she had long beautiful brown hair she had that sparkle in her eye and i picked her up and her hair was very short and choppy and her nails were done and she she didn't even look like herself i didn't even i'm looking around this parking lot for my child and um, didn't realize that the child in the back of the police car was was my child joining me now we referred to her as
11: j.s in the tape but now she says she's comfortable using her name jessica Welcome you're here with your mom, Nicole. Thank yes. you both so much for being here. Um, I just I have to say, Nicole, what you did to save your daughter is nothing short of heroic. We're going to walk the audience through it, because there are other parents out there right now who don't know what to do with their missing child or their child who's chosen to leave. Um, but let's go back to the beginning. You're, you're a successful kid, right? On a roll? Yeah. Uh, varsity soccer? And uh,
13: wrestling, went to state in wrestling. Violinist.
11: So you were happy. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a broken family. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't an abusive situation.
13: No, it was. I had great parents, great siblings, good in school.
11: So how is it? Because we send the tape piece. You got a bad grade. Your one sibling went to college or left left home. What was it? What was the trigger that made you run away? Um, bullies in school. Uh, girls didn't understand
13: why a girl would want to wrestle, uh, and I. I, I didn't want to disappoint my parents, and so I figured just leaving would totally, you know, they
11: can't be disappointed if I'm not there. So that was you got on a bus, yep, and wound up in downtown Seattle. Seattle, no, nowhere, not knowing anything. Nothing. I
13: didn't even know north. Like I didn't know any directions, anything.
11: We talk in the piece about the fact that you were you were raped, and that changed everything for you. You you weren't. You didn't see yourself the same no. again after that? No. Because after that, you came back. You were returned home for about... Uh, 10 days. For 10 days. Yeah. And you left again.
13: No, oh, I, I, I was gone for 10 days the first time I left, and I was home for about two months, okay. and then I left again. You left again. Why did you leave that second time? Um, I just didn't... I don't know. I, I really was dealing with a lot of shame, and um, I don't think any parent knows how to you know, take that on, and it was, uh, I just didn't feel
11: like I belonged there. And that's, that's when, the second time when the sex trafficking started happening. Yes. How do you, how do you, how does it happen, you know, in your head? How do you go from a girl who has been raped, and not long ago was the, quote, normal American girl, to sitting in a hotel room with, you know, your trafficker, making you subject yourself to 15 men a day?
13: It happens faster than you can imagine it's just so much manipulation and at one point you start believing that this is you know what you're meant to do and that it's it's not necessarily a bad thing and then you just shut down mentally and emotionally and you just kind of go through the motions and you don't you don't really think about anything else just trying to survive and
11: how long was the period that you were doing that 108 days 108 days and the entire time mom was fighting in every way she knew how to find her daughter, um, which was harder than, than it should be. W- when was the first time you heard of Backpage.com? Not until the trial um, of Baruti Hobson. OK. So you didn't know about that when you were searching for her? Because I didn't. Now this has been outed. We talked about it on our show when we did a show on sex trafficking as it, it's basically a clearinghouse for, for young girls who are for sale. And it's been operating in America for a long time. Uh, with impunity for far too long because they say hey it's not us we don't place the ads you know we don't, we don't have responsibility over all the ads that come in here and so just before that though how was it you connected with the detective who said I'm going to find her
14: so we were actually searching a different website for our daughter we were searching um, Craigslist who came before Backpage mm-hmm. and that's where we were looking for her mm-hmm. um and basically, we, we connected with the detective um, just through missing picture uh, want ads. Uh, we had, were distributing um, flyers of our child everywhere and anywhere we could. Um, and um, he, she had been arrested while she was missing, but they returned her to the pimp because they couldn't prove who she was. And um, when, we, when he saw her missing persons ad, he's like, oh, I've seen this child before. And that's when he started Trying to, to to find her again. So how did he find you?
13: Um, they did a sting and acted as if they were somebody soliciting sex and uh, ended up arresting me in the hotel room.
11: And, and did you know that he was there on a mission from your parents? Like no, this is not at all. Can I just jump back one step? When the, the men, because we talked about this with the the other women who spoke out about this, the men who would pay for for you pay. What, was there a typical profile? Like, who were these guys? Um, I really, I don't think there's a profile
13: for them. It's everybody: fathers, businessmen, lawyers, um, black, white, Asian. I mean, it's every, it's everybody.
11: So it's not. I mean, you saw guys in suits with wedding rings come in. Yeah. Did they pay you, or did they pay your trafficker? They would, they would give it to me, and then. If I
13: didn't immediately afterwards give it to my trafficker, then I'd be beat. And so it was, it was never, nothing went to me. Mm
8: -hmm.
11: Were you low during that time? I mean, were you having any feelings of, you know, depression? Or was it something like, I'm free and I've broken out of this existence? How, how was that for you?
13: Um, I was definitely a low point in my life. I, I was ashamed of myself and I didn't think that my parents would ever want me back and I just had accepted this lifestyle and um
11: figured I would die doing it. And we're back now with Jessica and her mom Nicole. We have been hearing about how Nicole launched an eight-year legal and legislative battle to get justice for her daughter after Jessica was sold for sex on Backpage.com. Also with us now, Mary Mazio, director of the documentary I Am Jane Doe, which chronicled the legal battles against Backpage.com, including Jessica's story. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. Um, So the detective saves you. Do you still talk to him? Uh, Yes, actually, yeah. Is is it true you keep in touch every year?
13: Yeah, Uh, he calls me on my birthday, and he's actually the godfather of my oldest child. I love that.
11: I love that because he, could, he easily could have returned you back home and never spoken to you again. Yeah, um, it's, it's things like that that really make everything so much better. Yeah, Just, restore yeah. your faith in yeah. humanity. Not all men are meeting up in hotel rooms exactly. and taking advantage of 15-year-old girls. Some men rescue them Yes, yeah, and, and stay in their lives forevermore. Nicole, um, you, <laughs> one after the other, went after everyone. All right. So we started with the sex trafficker, yes. um, B- Baroody Hopson. Baruti. Okay, and what happened to Baruti?
14: Um He was sentenced to 26 and a half years.
11: Okay, that's number one. Then you decided
14: to go after one of, one of the Johns. So we had completed that um, battle with Baroody Hopson, and um, Detective Geyer came to us and needed to re-interview Jessica. Um, he had found her picture on a computer of a purchaser or a John, and um, this guy was posing as a police officer and um, handcuffing and and doing just extraordinary things to his victims. Um, He got 14 years. He got 14, she wasn't done
11: yet. So now she decides she's going to go after Backpage.com, which no one has been able to bring down, notwithstanding the fact that it's been out there doing this for a long time. And they rely on the First Amendment, saying, it's the First Amendment. We don't, you know, like, whatever, you can't shut us down because of the First Amendment. And this is, Nicole winds up not only suing Backpage in a civil action, um, but pushing to get the law changed in several states, and pushing for national legislation that would shut down Backpage and protect women everywhere. In her testimony before Congress, Nicole testified, this is a middle-class woman just fighting fighting the good fight she she testifies as follows that claim to be protecting first amendment rights while at the same time allowing my little girl to be sold on a website as a weekend special is wrong and she won that fight too so mary can you explain how
15: so tell, tell the audience what has just happened to Backpage. So we created a film. We had a congressional briefing. And members of Congress said, we need to respond to what these plaintiffs, um, there's been egregious wrong here. We really need to step forward. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. And last year, there was legislation that was filed both in the House and the Senate. And um, Google-funded groups were the primary opponent. Google-funded groups had rushed to the aid of Backpage in a Jess's case Citing and other cases speech. around the country that other children were filing. In Boston, there were children that filed suit, and the court dismissed that case saying, even if Backpage had engaged, if you will, as a co-conspirator in the crime, because of an outdated internet law, we have to dismiss the case. Go to Congress. That's exactly what they've done. And in spite of all odds, um, that legislation was signed by the president just two weeks ago. And Nicole and Jessica stood next to President Trump as he signed
11: that bill into law. And you remember this because President Trump gets credit for doing nothing. (laughs) This was a good thing to do. It was.
15: Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a lefty. And so I don't really agree with many of the president's policies. I will say when he when we were in there in the Oval Office, he was compassionate. He was kind to Nicole and Jessica and all of the other survivors there. He kept rubbing the back of one of the mothers. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is. (laughs) (laughs) Which
14: Like that. <laughs> I'll say that he was very sympathetic because her child will never come home. Yes, yes. he was, it was a rub of sympathy.
15: Yeah, yeah, it was a kind gesture. Yep. Um, but and the kindest I, gesture of
11: all was his signature on that. Day. Absolutely. Yes. It should have been done long ago. So it's not over. It's not over because the next step they believe is is foreign agents are going to try to Open up their own back pages here in our country to try to avoid our laws. This fight is ongoing, and we have to stay on top of it. We I hope you're I hope you're not giving up now that like I hope you're not done.
14: We are in the midst of the criminal investigation against um, the owners of Backpage. Right. The owners of Backpage uh, have
11: been have been charged. Yes, yes. there was. Yes. Um, there's seven Backpage creators uh, and and uh, employees who have been nine now. Who have no, been but charged. 90, they're held on
14: 93 counts. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And seven, seven yeah.
11: who have been charged uh, with facilitating prostitution and other related crimes. They, they have yet to have their day in court. Um, but the founder, is
15: it the founder? Or the yeah, ce- Carl, 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 Carl Ferrer, Ferrer, the CEO, just pled guilty. Um, and so that is going to give the government a lot more information and evidence He's about turned. what was happening behind the scenes. He's turned, because yes. he knew, he knew. All right, I have to get to this, because Google has given us a statement
11: saying, we have long contributed to many independent organizations because of their advocacy on a wide range of Internet issues, including privacy, surveillance reform and the open Internet. We don't agree with every group 100 percent of the time, but they are independent and autonomous organizations.
15: I am... Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> I'm going okay, to have Sorry, I don't want to go off on a rant, but one of the primary opponents to this legislation has been. Google and Google funded groups, and we were bumping into them up and down the hill. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was extraordinary for a company whose motto is don't be evil to be actively funding groups that were supporting Backpage and filing huge briefs in the cases against the children and against the the plaintiffs. For
11: them, it's a First Amendment issue, but there's a real question about whether the First Amendment how far does it go in protecting, in the technology and in the Internet age, a group like this that is facilitating repeated crimes against our youngest and most innocent? We did reach out to those back page defendants. We only heard from one Andrew Padilla, who maintains his innocence and says there are First Amendment free speech issues here that he'll argue in court. We want to tell you that if you or someone you know may be the victim of sex trafficking, call, call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888.
0: And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening, and remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light. And welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale, brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's hailmultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at diggingdeeper.us.
4: real money. Well, and who do we have to, uh... No, no. Nothing like that. You see? I'm collecting stupid little boys. Stupid little boys? You know, the disobedient ones, what play you give them school. Oh, and you see, and. Yes. <laughs> and I take them to Pleasure Island. Oh, Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island? But the law. Suppose they. No, no. There's no risk. They never
8: come back as boys.
7: When it comes to controlling and perverting a nation via the public, the best means of doing so is controlling the media they consume. Similar to mantras repeated daily and the positive effect it can have on your mood and well-being. The opposite is true as well. Hollywood. The cornerstone of all things perverted uses similar tactics to control the public. From movies to shows, music and news, Hollywood uses predictive programming and subliminal messages to sway the public into believing manufactured ideas as their own therefore controlling a public into desired morals and behaviors. So who owns Pixar, ABC, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and the History Channel just to name a few? Disney. Let's explore how Disney manipulates the public in their favor. But first, let's learn who Walt Disney actually was. Walt Disney grew up in an abusive home situation and had a keen fascination with the occult. He was an anti-Semitic alcoholic who abused drugs and alcohol to battle his insomnia. Walt became a sadistic porn addict who enjoyed snuff porn films and his interest in children was far from altruistic. At some point, Walt became indebted to the syndicate and they owned him. Walt was a 33rd degree Freemason, the highest level in Freemasonry. He later named his private members club, Club 33. Open since 1967, membership costs $10,000 a year and has a $25,000 initiation fee per person. Celebrities who belong to the club allegedly include Tom Hanks, Christina Aguilera, and Elton John, as well as a lot of influential businessmen and women. Symbolism. Over the years, Disney has filled its films with symbolism and indecent imagery. put a picture of a topless woman in a child's film. Before I give you more examples of symbolism within Disney movies, take a look at these recognized pedophile symbols. Elena of Avalor, Madagascar, Flight of the Navigator, Moana? It's a small world ride. There are also many other examples of indecent imagery with a sexual nature being used within Disney films, as well as occult and Nazi symbolism. Little girls have idolized Disney's princesses since the films began, and we were none the wiser of the background information on some of the characters. They created the characters. They chose their hair color, their eye color, their outfits, and even their ages. So why would they choose the following ages and storylines for these princesses? Snow White is 14 and she ran away to live with seven men. Jasmine is 15 and ran away and had a love affair with a street criminal. Ariel is 16, who also ran away from home and got married, and sold her soul to do so. Alice in Wonderland contains a lot of symbolism. Follow the White Rabbit. April the 25th is Alice Day, originally known as Pedophile Pride Day. The day was devised by a pedophile activist during the 1990s to celebrate their desire to molest children. Pedophiles use this day to secretly boast in public about the sick world they live in, the mindset and the abuse of children. Adrenochrome, the witches harvest the souls of children for youth and immortality. In my and the same with Monsters, Inc., the screams and fear of children is harvested for power. They also sexualized young Disney stars like Britney Spears, here at 16, and Miley Cyrus, aged 15. If this isn't enough to convince you that they're trying to promote pedophilia, then I present you with a film that left Disney Plus viewers outraged. The film is called Blank Check.
3: Wait a minute.
1: So that means our date? Just for your just for your job? Well, it started out like that.
8: I should
11: have
1: known.
11: Hey, you know, I wouldn't have traded that night for anything.
0: So when can I see you again, Shay? Mm, why don't you give me a call and say about ten years? Five. Seven.
1: Six. Okay. It's a date.
8: Preston!
7: Disney owns one-fifth of the media in the USA. Here's all the companies they own. Disney's message is to promote these vile things, and Disney owns all of those companies. Just think how widespread this is, which leads me to this.
2: I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Uh, Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we, that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures, she had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail and now it's all coming out and it's like these new revel- revelations and I freaking had all of it I, I, I'm so pissed right now like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like oh my god we it was um, what, what we had was unreal other women backing it up. Hey yep Brad Edwards the attorney three years ago saying like on uh, like, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever
7: known. Why would Disney, ABC, want to hide the Epstein story? Maybe it had something to do with the fact Richard W. Cook, chairman of the Walt Disney Studios, was on the Lolita flight logs along with two unidentified females. Or maybe it goes deeper than that. Disney cruises were running excursions to Little St. James Island. This provided the perfect cover for trafficking child sex slaves to Epstein's Pedo Island for the elites to abuse. Step one, fill a cruise ship with thousands of children. Step two, add a few dozen slaves for transport. Step three, take ship to Destination Island and unload. No one notices unaccounted slaves arriving at their destination, and no one questions regular trips of ships full of children to your island. Isn't it all starting to make sense? Disney is a huge child trafficking and sex cult. Elaine Maxwell, September 13th, 1985. The Mirror organized a Disney day out of the kids at Lord and Lady Bath's Longleat House in Wiltshire. A great fun day in which Ghislaine Maxwell presented a check for the Save the Children Fund. Save the Children? We all know that was the last thing you were doing. In 1969, Walt enlisted the help of the CIA to help acquire the land to start building his second theme park, which covered a huge 27,000 acres of Florida swampland. His main CIA contact was William J. Donovan, a.k.a. Wild Bill, a.k.a. father of the CIA. He was also the founder of the OSS. His other connection was Paul Hellowell. But had strong ties with the Mafia and he assisted them in drug trafficking operations. Since at least 1950, there has been a global CIA drug connection operating more or less continuously involving both of Disney's CIA friends. Paul Hellowell and Wild Bill Donovan were two of the most notorious spies in American history, adept at setting up front companies and running disinformation campaigns. This is why Walt hired them to help him build Florida's Disney World. In a classic piece of corporate subterfuge, Elowell and Donovan helped Disney build two fake cities that would grant him total control of the local government. So Disney World Florida is practically its own sovereign nation with its own government, exempt from constitutional law. Any money paid in tax to this puppet government goes straight back to Disney. Where there's drug trafficking, there's human trafficking. And where there's human trafficking, there's tunnels. I wonder if that intricate tunnel system underneath the park is really for the characters to move around. Or could it have multiple uses? Jim Willie says that 700 children a year go missing in the sovereign nation of Disney World in Florida. Jim says Disney World is a sovereign nation in a child abduction center secured by the CIA and complete with cages underground. Cast Members All employees of Disney are referred to as cast members. There have been multiple arrests made on cast members for inappropriate involvements with minors. In 2019, Disney's VP, Michael Laney, was sentenced in a child sex abuse investigation. James Gunn was kicked off the Marvel franchise after numerous tweets featuring comments on pedophilia, rape, masturbation, and other sexual taboos were brought to the attention of Disney executives. Gunn had characterized the tweets as shocking jokes, but they suggested an unhealthy fascination with sexual acts involving children. In 2019, they rehired him. There have also been many investigations and arrests on Disney Park employees, such as this case involving an 8-year-old girl. I dread to think of how many children and child stars have been the subject of abuse to Disney cast members over the years. Bella Thorne was brave enough to speak out on the abuse she received while working at Disney in the following clip.
12: it it is what it is like it's like anything in my life i mean if you read the book you'll be like "Uh, transitioning from disney into this was fucking easy i don't know getting molested for fucking from your six to your 14 seems like way harder circumstances or being physically abused all the time seems like a much more difficult situation than fucking have paparazzi following you since you were 12 i don't know I was still being molested when paparazzi were still fucking following me. So it's pretty hard in my mind to think about these big flashlight photographs and everyone thinking they know me and talking about me, but having no idea the type of mistreatment that I was still dealing with at that time, that everyone around me saw and did nothing. So I don't know. You tell me what's so hard. Because that to me way harder than any other of this other shit that I do on a daily basis.
7: Now that we are seeing how blatant the entertainment industry can be at attempting to normalize pedophilia, we are becoming stronger in our discernment. Recently, the Netflix original Cuties broke boundaries by casting 11-year-olds as dancers who are sought after by creepy older men people are canceling from Netflix in record-breaking numbers. In today's political climate, many people are coming to realize that the massive underground network of child sex trafficking has and continues to reach its final halt. Under President Trump, human trafficking worldwide has experienced incredible reductions, tons of arrests, and if it plays out like I hope, A new Hollywood will rise from the ashes of evil and the responsibility will be on us to keep the light shining. Keyboard warriors, you know what to do.
0: Seems like we're doing a lot on this subject, and we can't get off of it. Uh, is there anything uglier than than this? I don't think so. I don't
9: know. There may there may be, but I don't know if I would want to know about it, because this is pretty dark.
0: You know, there are certainly a lot of things that are more gory to think of, and there are more videos that we could probably show that would just blow your mind that would be sicker than than what we're talking about, but what... What we're trying to bring to the surface here is something that, since it is so obscure and hidden and accepted, that is why it is the fastest growing crime in the world.
9: I think the reason it's so dark and, and so heavy on our hearts is because of the loss of innocence. That comes
4: with it. When it's good and evil, you can't ride the fence, that's some coward shit. I'll take them and I'll throw them blows, I'll lose it all to save their Yeah,
0: that's the sick part because I keep hearing things like they don't want those who have already lost their innocence. Yeah. Oh, I just what's happening right now? You see that? Yeah. Goosebumps, Goosebumps. on my arms because I understand the impact of this. They want those who are innocent, which means they keep going younger and and younger younger. and younger and in different ways and different strategies. There is such a huge problem with human trafficking that there are major artists talking about this right out in the open. Mm -hmm. And tonight we're going to explore some of those lyrics and some of those bars that are just so impactful and amazing. That if you don't walk away touched by the end of this podcast, then our challenge to you is you don't have a heart for the children. Mm. I'm just going to give it like it is. Nice. We've got to tell the ugly truth.
9: We've got to. People need to know. Our children need to know so that they know how to combat it.
8: Save me. I can't save myself. Save me.
0: So what is human trafficking? Human trafficking is the exploitation of children and adults for profit. In 2016, there were an estimated 40.3 million people in slavery worldwide. Traffickers use force and deception to exploit victims who are then moved within or across country borders. Victims can also be exploited in their own homes. Mm. The 2020 Trafficking in Persons Report describes human trafficking, trafficking in persons, and modern slavery as interchangeable terms that refer to sex and labor trafficking. It's a global industry that generates $150 billion for criminals.
9: What is child sex trafficking? Globally, in 2016, there were an estimated 1 million children in forced sexual exploitation. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children defines child sex trafficking as a form of child abuse that occurs when a child under 18 is advertised, solicited, or exploited through a commercial sex act. A commercial sex act is any sex act where something of value, such as money, drugs, or even a place to stay is given to, Mm -hmm. or received by, any person for sexual activity. Mm -hmm. There are misconceptions about how child sex trafficking occurs. Children being forced into the back of a van by strangers does happen, but these are not always trafficking cases, and victims are more likely to know their traffickers. Family members, romantic partners, and friends are usually behind the commercial sexual exploitation of a child. And traffickers don't always use force. Deception and threats are common ways they lure victims, grooming vulnerable children over time.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I think the biggest misconception, right, is that, oh, there aren't a bunch of people swooping children up out of the toy store. Right. Right. Or off the streets. Or off their bicycles like Amber Hagerman. Right. Reference to the Amber Hagerman story podcast on the Amber Alert origin. Check it out on our podcast channel. Just type in Amber Alert. But that Amber Alert system started because they knew that we could do something. They finally figured it out that we could do something. So now that we've defined what child sex trafficking is and we have made... Our audience and each other aware of the fact that it isn't the stereotypical throwing the child in the back of a van scenario. It's not that. Right. It's the friendly and deceptive luring of family members, romantic partners, and friends. People you think you can trust. Kids go along with it. They're not going against their will. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so dangerous. They're getting talked into doing something by another adult that's rival to their parents. Baby steps. Taking baby steps
9: toward the deception.
0: The factors behind child trafficking. Child trafficking can happen to any child, anywhere. It's a complex issue, and risk factors may vary from country to country. Poverty is a driving force. As is lack of education, gender inequality, coming from an abusive or broken home, and spending time in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. Other drivers include harmful religious and cultural practices, ineffective legislation, discrimination against minority groups, war, and natural disasters. It affects all corners of the globe. Every country is affected by child sex trafficking and it happens to boys as well as girls and while trafficking may look different in each place the crime is the same so now we're going to take a look at different countries starting with the Philippines
9: the online sexual exploitation of children has hit alarming rates in the Philippines hundreds of girls and boys including a two-month-old baby have been rescued from squalid sex dens where sex predators pay to watch children being abused online. The Philippines has become the global epicenter of the live stream sexual abuse of children due to high levels of poverty, increased internet access, and the low cost of technical devices. English is also widely spoken, which means Western child sex predators can easily negotiate with traffickers and direct the live abuse of children from the other side of the world. This sickening trade in children has been called a modern face of human trafficking. The International Justice Mission says it's usually a family-based crime. Hmm. Their review of 217 rescue cases where victims knew their trafficker revealed 41% were the biological parents, (sighs) and 42% were other relatives when it comes to child sex trafficking there's a common misconception that it only happens in developing countries but this heinous crime knows no borders any child can fall victim to a child sex predator
0: did you say live abuse that live means-
9: stream sexual abuse so they're streaming online and people on the other side of the world can say do this do that
0: The world has lost its mind. On that note, let's take a break. We'll be right back with more of the ugly truth on diggingdeeper.us. Is staying healthy a top priority of yours? In today's world, our body's immune system is critical to staying alive and healthy. Find the best immunity system building products at greengoldnaturalhealing.com. My wife and I believe so much in these products that we became representatives in order to help others. Visit GreenGoldNaturalHealing.com And as always, thanks again for listening and may God bless. I'm Brian Hale. In 2020, there were 17,000 NCMEC reports of possible child sex trafficking across all U.S. states. Of course, NCMEC is the National Center for Missing and Endangered Children. It is often those who are the closest who do the most harm. Mm -hmm. Girls in the U.S. have been forced into sex trafficking by their boyfriends or male school friends, and children in the foster care system are some of the most vulnerable to being trafficked. Mm -hmm. Emily's story illustrates how children from broken families are easy targets for predators who use romantic relationships to coerce their victims into commercial sex work.
9: Yeah, and Emily's story is, there's a link on the Operation Underground Railroad to the story of Emily, a girl whose boyfriend trafficked her.
0: And we'll go ahead and link the podcast too. So if you're on the website or on the Spreaker app, you'll be able to click right there when the title bar comes up. You can click on that arrow and it'll take you to the story on your mobile phone. Emily's story, when a boyfriend becomes a trafficker. Now continuing on to Europe orphanages
9: are another hunting ground for traffickers. In Romania, traffickers target girls who are about to turn 18 and leave the relative safety of their facility. Victims are groomed with promises of love and security and a better life abroad.
8: Mm -hmm.
9: However, victims soon find themselves alone in a foreign country and enslaved in a life of violence and exploitation. Mm -hmm. Being sold by boyfriends or husbands, is also a common entry point into sex trafficking rings for girls in Albania. Poor, rural girls and women are the most vulnerable to this brutal crime. Seia was 14 when she fled her violent family home, only to be sold by her boyfriend into a sex trafficking ring. She was raped by several men each day and international clients who paid more to abuse her at night.
0: Latin and South America. But it's not only men profiting from the rape of children. In Colombia, women have made money from the sale of children at sex parties. Operation Underground was involved in the arrest of a well-known Cartagena beauty queen who recruited girls as young as 11 through a fake modeling agency before trafficking them for sex with men. (laughs) Boys fall victim to sex predators, too. Singer Luis Armando Campos was a semifinalist on The Voice Mexico. Alone and vulnerable, after his parents divorced. The 14-year-old was befriended by a well-known music producer who promised fame and fortune. Mario Enrique Miranda Palacios used his authority and power to force Campos to work as a sex slave for four years. Campos fled when he was 18 and now works as an anti-trafficking activist.
9: Asia. Asia. Operation Underground Railroad was also involved in another high-profile raid in February 2021 in Thailand. Danudek Sanukau was owner of one of Thailand's best-known child modeling agencies, who has been accused of using the business to recruit and sexually abuse children before distributing videos and images of his sickening crimes. Documents seized revealed more than 8,400 children had been with the agency since 2013, and about half a million files of child sex abuse material were found.
0: Uh, These countries just keep going on here. Australia. There are an estimated 2,000 victims of modern slavery in Australia. Between 2016 and 2017, 47% of modern slavery referrals to police related to forced marriage, and 13% were for sexual exploitation. However, anti-slavery Australia believes only one in five victims is detected.
9: So, really, that would be 10,000 victims if it's only one in five detected.
0: Correct. (sighs) Despite the criminalization of early and forced marriage in 2013, the number of cases is escalating. The common trend is for Australian girls to be sent overseas and forced to marry, and then the perpetrators, usually the child's family, face Human trafficking charges if caught.
9: Yeah, it says early enforced, early and forced marriage. Modern slavery is a 13.1 billion industry in Africa, and 8.9 billion comes from sexual exploitation. Thousands of women and girls have been enslaved in West Africa by an ancient practice known as trakosi. If a family member commits a crime, A preteen or teenage girl is sent to a shrine to atone for their relative's sin. Girls are forced into domestic servitude and used as sex slaves by the priests.
0: Oh my, talking about the priest, that reminds me of a song from the 1990s from Queensryche called Spreading the Disease. Let's listen in for a minute. Well, well, no one wants to see, but Struggle Jennings is telling you to open your eyes. Here he is with his daughter, Brianna Harness. Cry for help
4: the black off of these blurry eyes gonna be a horror story with a scary dies angels fly with their guns out causing hell of fire when mother Mary cries I heard the lies but I seen the truth they gonna silence you if you bring the proof they gonna call you crazy when you call them out they try to box us in but we can box them out don't dare ask me what I'm talking about if you ain't listen yet then you'll never hear it we gonna pray to God and we gonna stand up got an army here I know the devil fear yeah the future's clear when you know the past and that train is coming and it's rolling fast gotta fix the path that's on the broken track there's no time for us to be holding back now we need some leaders to wake up the sleepers make believers out of non-believers let freedom of speech ring through the speakers take the filthy rich to the cleaners shine our light baby high beamers don't let sex crimes be a misdemeanor protect these babies from these sickening creatures i refuse to sit and watch from the bleachers huh?
9: practice continues in Ghana today, despite being made illegal in 1998. It has also been reported in Benin and Togo. A more brazen form of child sex abuse happens in the Gambia. This small West African nation is a popular beach destination for Western tourists. Sex predators travel to the Gambia for the sole purpose of sexually abusing children. Sex trafficking networks promote child sex tourism through European and Gambian travel agencies. Predators abuse the poverty of vulnerable children by befriending and grooming their families, making financial donations, and using sponsorship to justify relationships with victims.
0: Sponsor an illegal and then they become your property... And then they work for you. That happens all the time, I'm sure. Mm Mm-hmm. As we were reading. Mm
8: Mm-hmm.
0: The Middle East. A 2013 report from Egypt exposed the evil practice of trafficking girls as young as 11 under the pretext of marriage. Wealthy male tourists, often on holiday with their wives and children, trawl the streets in their luxury cars looking for children to marry. Marriage brokers are quick to seal the deal, even offering a delivery service where buyers can view a selection of child brides at their luxury hotels. Mm. These sham marriages can last anywhere from a couple of hours to years. Once predators are done with their wives, the girls are returned to their families and sold to the next buyer. Some girls are married 60 times before their 18th birthday. We have got to fight against child sex trafficking. Trafficking children for sexual exploitation is a highly lucrative hidden crime. But we're telling you about it now, so wake up and tell somebody else. Share this podcast. I am not joking, people. You've heard these songs. You've heard The Witness. You've heard this movement. Move!
4: I hear you loud and clear. I'm a patriot and I'm a patriarch, but I'm a father first and I'm going to play that part. Going to stand for mine and never bow or buckle, then for anybody that ever get in trouble. Yeah, storm is brewing, I can see them clouds, hear the children crying, baby, clearing loud, shine a light on shadows, I'm going to clear them out. Don't want to hear the truth, you better hear them now, for it hits home and it's too close to the night of facts that you've been running from. I made it through hell just to show and tell all the lost ones where I've been coming from. My number one is my household and my family, always been my safe and grace. There's a war right now in the Taking place and you bite your tongue, so you saving face I'ma yell it loud, this my battle crown this battlefield I'll take my consequence, Yes, common sense When it's good and evil, you can't ride the fence That's some coward shit, I'll take them hits and I'll throw them blows I'll lose it all to save their innocence I'll deliver this with some diligence Cause your ignorance makes us different
0: Cry Share this. Tell somebody about this sickening, hidden crime. Because those victims, lucky enough to escape with their lives, face a long and challenging road to recovery. Some children will have to be exposed to HIV and AIDS, substance abuse and extreme physical violence and torture, resulting in severe mental issues, sometimes just to get away. Mm
8: -mm -mm.
0: Operation Underground not only rescues children from sex traffickers, but also supports them in their healing process. And we absolutely support the efforts of Tim Ballard and everyone at Operation Underground Railroad. They are heroes to us, and we and our crew at Digging Deeper and our listeners who have a heart, I'm sure, appreciate so much the work of OUR. Many organizations have come together and worked diligently to fight this sickening crime. Mm -hmm. But thank you to all of those, especially OUR. And partnerships with in-country aftercare centers and safe houses by OUR also ensure each child survivor receives the quality, holistic care they need after they're rescued. So we're so thankful for that. If you'd like to join the fight to eradicate child sex trafficking, visit our website and click on articles, go to the podcast for tonight, The Ugly Truth, and it'll have a link to the OUR website as well as our other resources. But visit those websites, diggingdeeper.us and others to find out ways that you can help. Together, we can make a real difference in the lives of vulnerable children around the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and please visit the YouTube and please support these artists, Struggle Jennings and his daughter, Brianna Harris. And please support these artists that you heard in this podcast. Struggle Jennings and Brianna Harness, as well as Queensryche from back in the 90s, off of the album Operation Mind Crime. Struggle Jennings and Brianna Harness were singing Cry for Help from their official music video off of their newly released album, Troubadour of Troubled Souls. And thank you again for supporting this podcast, these artists, and especially the movement to stop child sex trafficking. Thank you. And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening. And remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.